0: It's time now for the pulpit hour, featuring some of God's choice preachers. Stay tuned at the end of today's message for information on how you can obtain a copy of today's sermon. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter number one. Genesis chapter number one, And I want to give you a simple thought tonight. Hope I can be a blessing to you from the word of God. Genesis chapter number one. And I want to read the first two verses in the book of Genesis. Of course the book of creation. And you'll find here in the book of Genesis chapter number one and verse number one the Bible says this. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Father, we thank you tonight for the reading of your word. Lord, we pray tonight as we stand before this people, God, that you would enable us by the power of the Holy Spirit to bring the message, God, that is needed tonight here in this service. Father, I praise you for what you've already done in the meeting. Lord, we could leave right now saying it's been good to be in the house of God. But Father, I pray tonight, would you help me, Lord, as I uh, try to bring this message. God, I know within myself I can do nothing. Lord, I understand tonight without the aid of your spirit tonight that all is in vain. And Father, I pray tonight, would you help me by your good spirit, Lord, tonight here in this place, that you might speak to our hearts. And Lord, if there be one here unsaved, I pray you would speak to them. Father, I pray you'd talk to your children tonight. Give us receptive hearts to receive the word of God. I pray, heavenly Father, you'd help us tonight that we might magnify you in everything that's done. And Father, we'll give you all the praise, honor, and glory for it's in the name of Jesus that we pray And we ask it, Amen and Amen. You'll find here in the book of Genesis, as I've read the very first two verses in all of the Bible, the Bible tells us in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I often say this if you have a problem believing that verse, you're going to have a problem with the rest of the book. But if you can believe that first verse, then I promise you the rest of the book will not be a problem for you. But here in the scriptures, I really was reading this one day. Of course, uh, speaking concerning the creative act of God how he created everything that we see I certainly believe God did that I know we're living in a day when they uh, want to talk about how man has evolved and they want to talk about billions of years ago and they want to talk about all this stuff all the scientific minds talk about how that one day there was a cosmic blast out in space and the next thing you know uh, there's a there's a planet and the next thing you know there's a primordial ooze that man comes up out of as a tadpole next thing you know he ends up as a monkey and then he hangs from a tree and breaks his tail off goes to a college and gets a PhD that's not how it works amen I'm glad that God created the heavens and the earth and here is where I really want to get to tonight in this verse in verse number two the Bible declares this and the earth was without form and void and the Bible the Bible said this, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And here's right really what I really want to lift tonight out of this passage. And the Bible said, and the Spirit of God moved. Amen. If you study the Bible, the principle of first mention is a very important principle in the Word of God. I got excited when I read this. I, I'd read it, of course, many, many times, but one day as I was reading this, I began to think about this, and I said, here in the act of creation, as God is bringing forth everything that we see, the Bible declares that the earth was without form, and boy, There really what it wasn't like it looks right now in the creative process. There wasn't no order to it. There wasn't anything. There wasn't. I mean, it was just the, the beginning of the creative act and all of a sudden the Bible declares this that the spirit of God moved man that all excites you tonight to think about that in the very act of even creation that the spirit of God I'm glad that same spirit is here today and he's still moving today among God's people I begin to study that word moved and I, I looked it up and uh, those of you who uh, know the word of God you preachers you've studied for many years you know what I'm talking about uh, the word moved here comes from a word called Rachaf, And that word means this, to brood. And I I, I thought about that. As I thought about that, I I knew the context of that word. But I really wanted to look up what to brood meant. And I looked it up in Webster's 1828 Dictionary. It says this, to sit on and cover as a chicken on her eggs uh, for the purpose of warming them and hatching chickens or to warm and protect them. And I thought here is God's telling us in the very act of creation. Yeah. All of a sudden, I mean without form and void, yes, no order like we see now. I mean just a, I mean the Bible said darkness was upon the face of the deep. Then all of a sudden the spirit of God hovered down over this yes. planet. Just like, hallelujah, just like a mama hen does on her eggs. And the Bible said God started bringing life to a lifeless form, amen. I began to think about that one day and I said, you know, that's much like it was when I got saved by the grace of God. I was lost without God. My life had no form. It was void, didn't have any order, didn't have any structure, but there was a day that the Spirit of God came and began to hover over my life and brought me to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I got to thinking about that. I got excited. I I studied this out and I'm preaching a message tonight. I want to preach on this subject. On the brooding of the Spirit. When God cracks a sinner's shell. Amen. I'm glad, hallelujah, that God is in the business of saving those that are lost. Amen. I'm glad I can declare to you tonight that the salvation of a soul is the operation of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You can't be saved without the Spirit of God. Amen. I understand. I know we got a crowd nowadays. Hey, they think salvation's found in the baptismal waters. I got news for you. You don't make contact with the blood in the water but I'm glad praise God when the spirit of God comes and touches your life and brings you into the family amen Amen. that's when you make contact with almighty God amen I got to thinking about that I remember as a little old boy uh, my daddy had a farm and my granny Fletcher she had a little old farm down there and I'd go as a little old boy down there to see her and uh, she always kept chickens and uh, as a little old boy, I'd go down there and, granny, she'd look at me and say, you youngins, get the baskets and go down there and get the eggs. And we'd go down there to the hen house and we'd walk through there. And, man, them them uh, hens would be, most of them be off the nest out in the barnyard just milling around. But all of a sudden, every now and then, we'd run up on one who hadn't left the nest. And you see, there was one in there that was doing a work. I mean, she was what we call set. You have heard the old phrase, a setting hen, and she's in there. You see, the reason she was setting was she had some eggs underneath her, and she was starting a process that was going to bring some new chicks into the world. Amen. I thought about that. Hallelujah. I'm glad for the day that the Spirit of God came where I was and He came and He He started dealing with my heart to bring me to the place I'm at today. You say, Preacher, what is it about the brooding of the Spirit? We need to know. First of all, there's the silence of the brooding. I thought about that little old hen. I remember you'd go through there and man, out in the barnyard all them chickens would be clucking and I mean the barnyard's full of activity and you walk in there and there's one little old hen sitting on a nest. She ain't making no noise. She's not drawing attention to herself but she is settled in there with a quiet work that's taking place. I'm glad the work of the Holy Ghost is a silent work. Amen. Hey, sometimes you can't see him working. Sometimes you don't even know he's working but hallelujah, I'm glad that when the brooding of the Spirit begins, I'm glad there's a silent work that takes place in the heart of a sinner amen oh yeah people say well preacher I've been praying for my loved one for a long time it don't seem like nothing's happening oh really you don't even realize that the Holy Ghost may be right on who you're praying for right now amen Amen. I remember one day I was down at my granny's and she said uh, she said there's one of them old hens of mine said she's wanting to set, and I don't want her to And she said, and she stole off somewhere and said, she's got a nest somewhere and I got to find her, get her off of that nest. And she said, go with me. And I I went out from the barn there and we was walking around through some tall grass and I was with my granny, I was just a little old boy. I was with my granny and I was looking, I couldn't see a thing. And all of a sudden, my granny looked at me and she went, shh. And I looked and I, I didn't know what she was talking about. She pointed and right next to where I was standing in the high weeds, there that little old hen was, had wallowed out of place in the grass and was sitting on them eggs. You know what he's trying to say, preacher, I was right on top of the brooding and didn't even know it was happening, amen. Can I say to you, the silent work of the Holy Ghost can be taking place on the individual sitting beside you on the pew and you don't even recognize it, amen. Hey, the Holy Ghost, when it seems like nothing's going on, I'm glad the Holy Ghost can build a pulpit at the end of the bed at night, amen. That old boy that's sitting down there on a bar stool tonight. Inside, the silent work of the Holy Ghost can be in there the juke mocks may be thumping and playing but inside there's a silent work that's taking place aren't you glad praise God for amen. the brooding of the spirit amen. when he came to you amen, amen. That's, that's still small voice yeah. said what are you doing here yeah. why ain't you saved you remember when the Holy Ghost first yes, came sir. to you yes, sir. Amen. Amen. I'm talking about the silent work of the Holy Ghost. You say, preacher, what else is it about the brooding that we need to know? There's the silent work. Number two, there's the settling of the brooding. When that little old hen decides to settle on them eggs, she settles for the duration. Now you might pull her off of the nest. But the first chance she gets, she's gonna get right back Amen. on. Yes, hey, a lot of people said, "Boy, if I could yeah. just get out of church and get away from that yeah. preacher, if I could just get out of, away from where they're singing songs, I'll I'll shake this off and I'll yeah. get it off of me." I got news for you: you might shake it off tonight, you might shrug it off tonight. But honey, he's he's gonna come back. Hallelujah! I'm glad when the Holy Ghost settles in. He is there for a purpose. He is bringing you to the place that you Amen. need to be. Amen. Do you remember the day when he settled down on you? Out of all the people sitting on the church pew that night, the Holy Ghost came to where you were at, settled down on you. Hallelujah. Started opening your eyes to your need. Amen. I'm glad. Hallelujah. When he settles, amen. amen. It's for his glory. Yes. Amen. amen. Yes, sir. I had a little girl at the church, uh, little Savannah Poor, Tom's yes. little girl, and she she's a quiet little girl, and she's shy and shy, of course, God had been dealing with her. She would raise her hand in the service. This has been a few years ago now. She'd raise her hand in the service, and that she was lost every time I'd give an invitation, a little old thing back there. And I knew it was going to take a, a monumental thing for her to walk down an aisle in front of people because she's so shy. And we began to pray for her and everything. And, but I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit settled in on that youngin'. I was at home one night. It was, a, it was getting up toward the fall. They was getting ready to start back school. It was about I think it may be a Thursday or Friday night, and uh, my telephone rang, and it was uh, uh, her daddy's number on the line, and, and uh, we knew that God had been dealing with Savannah, and, and he called me and said, Preacher, I hate to bother you this late, but I said, uh, I was wondering if we could bring Savannah up. She needs to talk to somebody. I said, well, sure. Any, any? I said, yeah, I thought they was at home, and he said, Preacher, it's going to take us about 30 minutes to get there. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, we're, we're in Elizabethan." I said, okay, I said, yeah, whatever. And I thought that's kind of odd. And that night when they got to the house, of course, little Savannah, man, she was was under conviction so bad. She couldn't hardly stand it. And I said, come on in here, youngin', what's wrong? And she just went to cry and she said, I'm not saved and I need to be saved. I said, well, thank the Lord for that. And I said, we can remedy that here tonight. We got down there on the floor and we opened up the word of God and showed her how to be saved. And little Savannah trusted Christ as her savior that night in the living room floor there at the house. After it was over with her, daddy began to tell me what had happened. He said, Preacher, I hated to bother you. but said, we had went to and to Walmart to get some uh, school supplies. So she was getting ready to start back school." And He said, we was walking down the book bag aisle and said, I noticed Savannah was lagging behind us and I didn't know what was going on. And uh, he said, I looked around. I said, Savannah, come on. What's wrong with you? And said, I looked and she was standing there on the aisle with tears streaming down both cheeks. And I said, Savannah, what's wrong with you, honey? What's wrong? And she said, Daddy... I'm not saved. And she said, I'm afraid I'm going to go to hell. And she said, I need to be saved, Daddy. I thought you say, Preacher, what are you trying to say? When he settles, he'll follow you to Walmart. Amen. Yes. When he settles, you can't get away from him. Amen. Aren't you glad? Man, I felt a streak of glory on that right there. Yes. Amen. Yes. Some of you right now, some of y'all right now worried about a loved one that's not saved. What do y'all just pray? God, settle on them. Yes. Just get, just hook up yes. to them tonight, God. Yes. Don't leave them alone, God. Bring them to that place that yes. they'll be yes. saved by the grace of God. Yes, yes. amen, The settling of the brooding. (laughs) Hallelujah. That little hen, she settles in there and she ain't leaving till the job is done. Hallelujah. Man, I tell you, I don't know if you're getting anything out of this or not, but I like it, praise God. Amen. Not only is there the settling, there's the softening of the brooding. When she settles in and stays there a while, There's a process that starts taking place called incubation. In other words, the heat gets turned up. Hallelujah. Man, I tell you, it's one thing when he settles in on you. But it's a whole nother ball game when the Holy Ghost goes to turning up the heat on you. I mean, when you get under conviction like that, you'll be (laughs) ill as an old hornet. I mean, mean, you'll snap at everybody you see. I mean, you'll kick the dog and cuss the cat and everything else because you're under that pressure of the Holy Ghost let me tell you something right now thank god you say preacher i know somebody's pretty hard they don't look like they ever get saved i got news for you if the holy ghost ever settles in on them i'm talking about if he really gets in there and starts turning up the heat something's gonna happen friend i remember back years ago at the church i had a elderly man that had started coming to the church he had moved here from pennsylvania and uh, one of the boys in our church was neighbor to him. They invited him to come. His name was Mr. Barnes, Brother Richard Barnes. He was an old, rough old man. He had been a truck driver, and he just, and uh, even Brother Billy told me, said, Preacher, I've invited this old man to come. said, now, he ain't never been around church, n- nothing like that. said, he's got a bad mouth. said, it's, it's untelling what he'll say. If he comes, I said, that's all right. Tell him, come on. I said, we want uh, maybe God will do something for him. He was about close to, I guess, close to seventy year old. Brother Barnes was. He came that first Sunday and he sat back there, didn't have an expression on his face. I preached, wasn't, I mean, just didn't smile, didn't do anything. After service was over, I, I went up and I shook hands. I said, Mr. Barnes, thank you for coming today. I said, come back if you will. And He just looked and he, he just shook his head. He said, Well, I might. And that's all he said walked out the door. I thought, man, he didn't like it. He just had a a, a sour look on his face. And and, uh, he came back the the next Sunday. He's sitting right back there in the same spot. And uh, I preached, no expression, nothing. I mean, just, I went back. I said, Mr. Barnes, I'm glad to see you again today. I said, come back if you will. He said, I might, preacher. And he said, "Uh, preacher, I, I got some things I need to talk to you about sometime. I said, well, I'd be happy to talk to you anytime time I could, Mr. Barnes. And he said, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I said, okay. I said, just whatever. And he came a few services like that. It was, a, it was a Sunday morning, and he hadn't showed any signs of emotion, hadn't shown any expression. I mean, he just sat back there stoic and listened to the preaching. That Sunday morning, I was preaching a message on Noah and the ark, and I preached the message titled, the tragedy of missing the boat and I preached that morning and uh, I mean I was preaching and about three quarters of the way through the message I'm out in the middle of the aisle like I am right here in front of the communion table and all of a sudden I'm preaching and uh, I mean the spirit of God was there all of a sudden I see that old man get up and start walking toward the front of the church in front of 200 people. I mean, he's coming toward the front. I thought, what in the world is this man getting ready to do? I said, they told me he'd do anything. I said, I don't know what he, and I stopped preaching. I stood right there in front of all those people and I stopped preaching, I looked at him and said, Mr. Barnes, what is it? What's wrong? And He stood there in tears streaming down both cheeks. He said in front of everybody out loud, he said, Brother Leonard, I need to be saved. I said, well, hallelujah. I'm glad you've come to the right place I looked at my daddy he was sitting on the front I said dad I said show Mr. Barnes how to be saved I got to finish preaching this message and they got down on the altar while I was still preaching and old Mr. Barnes he didn't know nothing about praying my daddy took the Bible and he said Mr. Barnes the Bible says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God but this same book tells me that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved he said Mr. Barnes I'm going to pray with you but you pray I want you to pray on y'all. Just pray the best way you you can. Tell God that you need to be saved. Tell him that you're sorry you're a sinner. I could see that old man, he got down on his knees. I'm talking about a 70 year old man. And he put his hands together like a little old youngin' would. And he went to pray and he said, Lord, I've been a mean old man. And God, I sure ain't deserving of you. But Lord, if you'll have me, I sure would like to have you. And God saved that old man that morning, amen. I'll tell you one thing right now, he's a spark plug in our church. That old fellow gets to testify and it lifts the whole service. Amen. What are you trying to say, preacher? I tell you, that it don't matter how hard the case is. It doesn't matter how, how deep it seems like they've gone in sin. I'm glad there's a God, amen, that can soften the hardest heart by the brooding of his spirit. Amen. There's the silence of the brooding. The settling and the softening. And then, matter of fact i got got to thinking about this the other day had a fella come to the church here a while back i didn't know this man a man of my church sells real estate and he would sold this man a house up on the mountain over there in north carolina and uh, he invited him to come church with him didn't know a thing about this man he's probably i'd say close to 48 50 years old somewhere along in there first sunday he got there brother Alan slipped off to the side he said preacher i brought my neighbor with me today said, now, preacher, I need to tell you, he's a Roman Catholic, lifelong. He's raised in Roman Catholicism, but said, I sold him a house over here, and I asked him if he'd be interested in coming to church with me, and he he took took me up on the invitation. I said, oh, Lord, God, this man ain't never seen nothing like what he's getting ready to experience. (laughs) This old boy, he came, and, and it's just like he'd never witnessed nothing like it, but he liked it. He came back the next Sunday, and he sat there on the pew, And he just looked and grinned so big. and I mean, he just kept coming week after week, sitting there on the pew listening to me. He liked my preaching. He enjoyed my preaching. And uh, he was sitting there on the pew. And God, then I saw a change in him. I mean, he had been smiling up to this point. But then all of a sudden, there was a solemnness come over him. And I knew God was working in his heart yeah. because he had religion, he had those things, but he didn't have what he needed. Yeah. He didn't have salvation, amen. Yeah. But can I say to you, praise God, I am glad, I am glad though that when the Spirit of God comes and settles in, he does a softening process. Amen. Yeah. This old boy sat there so long, he sat there so long that the Spirit of God began to work, Amen. God bless you, preacher. God bless you, amen. This preacher's had a death connected in his church, amen. Let's pray for them. This old boy sat on the pew. Let me get back to where I was talking to you. This old boy sat on the pew, and God was hooking him with the Holy Ghost. I was in a revival meeting in Wilkesboro, North Carolina, a little country church. I later found out this man, he lives in Durham, North Carolina. He bought this as a second house up here. He is a biochemist. He works in the drug manufacturing trade. Matter of fact, he develops new drugs to bring to the marketplace for FDA approval. A brilliant man, a photographic memory. Highly educated man. Found out his wife is the same. Matter of fact, his wife just last week, his wife and her colleagues rang the closing bell at the New York Stock Exchange last week on Thursday. Now, you tell me how a man like that ends up in a country church beside the creek other than God. God. He'll even tell you this. Amen. That night, I was, I was getting ready to go to revival, and he called me from Durham. He said, Preacher, you're in revival, ain't you? I said, Yeah. He said, And it's in Wilkesboro? I said, Yeah. He said, How do I get to that church? He said, I'm going to meet you there. I said, well, I told him how to get there. A little country church. I'm just little, about 30 people, maybe. And that old boy drove all the way from Durham to come be in that service. That night, everybody there thought he was a member of my church. They, they all called him, brother, hey, brother, how you doing? Good to have you, brother, good to have you. And all the while, I mean, this man's a Catholic. And uh, we went into the prayer room, and, and, and he, he went in with us. And it's one of those deals where in their prayer room, everybody takes a turn testifying. And it's just one of those deals. And they are going around the wall, and, and I knew this. And I'm thinking, what's going to happen when they come around to him? And he, he figured it out. in a minute they started around the wall and he understood, okay, they're going to expect me to say something here in a minute. The old boy came finally around to where he was at. And I was sitting there, me and Brother Allen sitting there just praying, oh, Lord, help him. I don't know what he's going to say. But the old boy, when it came to him, he said, well, he said, I'll say I'm glad I'm here. And he said, six months ago, if you had told me that I would be sitting where I'm sitting tonight, it wasn't even in my consciousness. He said, I did not know this world existed. But he said, I'm thankful. And he said, I know that God has brought me here. And that's what he said. And that night, I preached. and he, as a matter of fact, I preached. Uh, uh, I forget the message. I preached that night. But he said, Preacher, are you coming back here tomorrow night? I said, Sure am. He said, Meet me in Boone. I want to drive you to Revival. Here I am in the car with a Roman Catholic man driving me to preach in revival in a, country, a little independent Baptist church. I said, if word of this gets out, they're going to say Fletcher's went ecumenical. <laughs> Trust me, they've told worse than that on me, eh, amen. But anyway, he's went ecumenical. He's, he's hobnobbing with Catholics. That old boy went, and that night I preached this message that I'm preaching tonight. That old boy sat there on the front pew Son, God got all over him. He got in the car that night after the service. First thing, he looked at me. He said, Preacher, my head's almost out of the shell. That's what he said. I said, Tim, I'm glad that the Lord's dealing with you. I could have probably led him to the Lord then, but I said, this is God's work, and he's doing it. We went to a Mexican restaurant, was eating food, and he was so solemn and serious that night. Sitting across the table, he looked up at me and he said, Brother Leonard, can I ask you a question? I said, what's that? He said, what does a man have to do to be saved? That's what he said. I looked at him I said, well, Tim, I said, I know God's been dealing with you. I said, first of all, you've got to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He looked at me point blank and said, "I've believed that all my life." I said, "I know you probably have, Tim. Even in Roman Catholicism, they've taught you that much." But I said, "Tim, there's a difference between believing it here and believing it here." And he shook his head. I said, "Tim, if God's dealing with you, and you ever need me to pray with you, all you have to do is let me know." He said, "I will." I will, preacher. I just let it go with that. We finished eating. He took me on, dropped me off. It's two days later on Saturday morning, 7 o'clock in the morning, my phone rang. It was this man on the other end of the line. He said, preacher, I'm to call you and tell you what happened last night. He said, I've been up since 3 o'clock in the morning. He said, preacher, I accepted Jesus Christ Amen. as my Savior last Amen. night, preacher. He said, preacher, I'm no longer a Roman Catholic. I'm a Christian. I said hallelujah. I baptized him two Sundays ago. I've never seen a man so excited about getting baptized. He was so excited about getting. Matter of fact, we was in a service up there and he began to praise God in one of the services. I said he's out shouting some of these Baptists have been saved 20 years. We need to get a few more Catholics saved. Amen. Amen. You say preacher, what are you trying to say? I'm talking about the softening of the brooding. Then there's the surprise of the brooding. You say, preacher, what's the surprise? That little mother hen, she's sitting on them eggs, and all of a sudden one day there's a crack in them. And that little old chick that's been in that egg has been in his own little world. He didn't even know anything else existed. Then all of a sudden, because of the brooding, a crack comes in it, and he sticks his head out. Like the boy told me, he said, my head's almost out of the shell, preacher. And he sees a world he did not even know Existed. Can I say to you, praise God, I'm glad for the day when God opened my eyes and showed me a world that I sinners out there right now, they're in their little world and they think, well, I won't have no friends if I get saved. I won't be able to have any fun if I get saved. They're in that little world of sin and they think that's all there is. What they don't understand is that God is opening up a whole world to them when they get saved. Not only that, there's the safety of the brooding. That little old mama hen, I like this about the spirit of God. I'm glad when he saves us now, the spirit of God seals us. But I'm glad for this. Before that mama hen ever sees a chick crack through the shell, she's protecting those eggs. Matter of fact, you've heard the old saying, as mad as an old satin hen. If you try to go get those eggs and that little hen sitting there, she's going to puff up. I mean, she gonna, she'll peck at you or whatever because, see, she's got something she's watching out for yeah. until she's able right. to hatch them. Right. I'm like, listen, I know the Lord's took care of me since I've been Amen. saved. But aren't you glad that the Spirit of God was watching over you even a long time before you got saved? Hey, some of you right now, you remember a time when you should have been killed and you couldn't figure out why you wasn't, and all the while it's God watching over you so you could be saved by the grace of Almighty God. And then hallelujah, once he saves you, then he takes care of you. A a fellow told me this illustration, I'll give you this, and he said this really happened. He said an old fellow had a barn that caught on fire and burned down. Said he lost everything in it, and he had some equipment and stuff in there. And said, a couple days after the fire, when it had cooled down so he could, said he was walking through the rubble of that old barn, and said he was kicking stuff to see if there's anything salvageable that the fire, you know, hadn't totally destroyed. And he said he came upon. He said I came upon there was a little old hen that had been in that barn and had made a nest and was sitting on some eggs. And he said I looked down and there was the charred body of that little hen. Still sitting on that nest, she had died in the fire because she wouldn't leave the nest. And he said I, that really struck me that that little old hen. It was so important to her that she she didn't even worry about her own life to protect those eggs. And he said this is where it really got interesting. He said I reached over with my foot and foot and just just kicked that body of that hen off of the nest. And he said, when I did, said three little old chicks ran out from underneath amen. that dead hen that was sitting on them. Yes, I'm glad tonight, praise God, yes. that since I've been saved by the grace of God, it's his spirit that's keeping me from the fire. Amen, amen. Yes. amen. Aren't you glad tonight yes, for the brooding of the spirit of God? Amen. And then last of all, there's the satisfaction of the brooding. After those chicks are hatched out, and I call them diddles. Up here in the mountains, most everybody calls them diddles. Now, not everybody is as cultured as we are. I was in South Carolina here a while back, and they swore up and down they were biddies. I said, I don't know what a biddy is, but I sure know what a diddle is. There's some little old fella back there that had moved there from Virginia, he ran up to me after the service, he said, praise God, preacher, I know what a diddle is, amen. I said, well, hallelujah. But after those eggs hatch, that mother hen's out in the barnyard and those chicks are just everywhere, it comes time to go into the hen house. And that little old hen goes to clucking. And then little old diddles just line up with her and follow her right back into the hen house kind of like y'all did this evening about after you got in from work and you looked at your watch and said, you know, it's about time to go to church. And you just lined up and followed the Spirit of God right in here. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Aren't you glad tonight that God still has the ability to brood over a lost soul, bring them to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm glad he does the transaction and he does it well. The brooding of the Spirit when God cracks a sinner's shell. Brethren, we have men to worship and adore the Lord our God. That concludes our Pulpit Hour message for today. If you would like to order a copy of today's message, you can call our studios at 828-884-9427 or write to us at W G C R. 3232 Hendersonville Highway, Pisgah Forest, North Carolina, 28768. You can also hear today's message on our website at wgcr.net. The Pulpen Hour is brought to you by Anchor Broadcasting.